And as God deals with us, sometimes the stuff may not feel pleasant, it may not look pleasant, but if you are a child of God, he'll use you. Five seven six six. Why part two? Why fifty cents? Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today's message is part two of the series called Why. And today is simply called Why fifty cents. Why? 50 cents. Now, many of you, if you hear the word 50 cents, most of you will think of the rapper Curtis Jackson. No, it's not that 50 cents. But actually, it came from today is the first Sunday of the biblical new year. It's Rosh Hashanah. You know, God's calendar, it's not the same as man's what's called the Gregorian calendar, where we go January, February, March, all the way through December. God's calendar is actually based on the moon, which is where the word month comes from. And every new moon is a new month based on God's calendar. And I understand at least partially why he made it like that, because you can't change the moon. So God put it in a place that was in the sky where man couldn't fool with it. Because do you know if God had not put a sign in the sky, man would have changed it? Do you know how many times our current calendar has changed? There used to be 13 months in the calendar. There used to be different months and different days. Man fools with stuff. So God put a sign in the sky that said when the new moon comes, so shall the new month be. And he knew man could not fool with that particular sign. So this is the month that the new year begins, and this is the first Sunday service of that month. Now always for the last few years, I've asked God, Lord, what do I tell the people What do we do in the honor of the new year? And as you can see, the balloons are up along the wall, the streamers, the gold. We are used to celebrating man's holiday, but we're not used to celebrating the actual days that God put into place. And I asked God, I said, Lord, what shall this year bring? And he answered me and he says, this is a year of material manifestation. And I was at the office and I asked Suzanne, I said, Suzanne, what do people think of when they think of material manifestation? And Suzanne instantly said, money. Now, that's not particularly what God means necessarily by material manifestation, but it is one thing that does come to most folk mind. Folk understand money clearer than almost anything else. So we understand money, but material manifestation can be a whole lot of different things. It's almost whatever comes in the form of matter or manifestation in a physical form in the earth realm. That thing could be all kind of stuff and it could be negative fruit. See, when God says this is the year of material manifestation, that doesn't necessarily always mean something positive. What it means is fruit. Fruit is not always positive because it depends on what you have planted. So it is a time of reaping. It is a time of harvesting. It is a time of material 
manifestation. And because people understand money as a symbol of material manifestation, perhaps clearer than anything else, I was just going to give some silver dollars. And God says, no, do not give a dollar. You give 50 cents. And I said, why 50 cents? He said, because people need to understand there is a part I will do and there is a part they need to do. See, too often we put it just all on God. Lord, going to do this. Lord, no, 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 no. That's poor folk mentality thinking. And that's why you will find many of the churches and poor neighborhoods that all centered around miracles. They ain't got to do nothing. No, God has a part and man has a part. So the 50 cent represents God's portion. And God has given every man a portion of something, every woman a portion of something. But what you do with that is up to you. And some of us are waiting on God to give us the whole dollar, but he's only going to give you 50 cent. And he's going to say, what are you going to do with what I have given you? That's why when he gave the story of the talents, he gave one man one talent, one man two talents, another man five talents. And it was what they did with the talents that determined what they ultimately received. So what I'm going to do today, and I've had the people put these in stacks of 50 cents. And I had even a revelation. I want the usher, if you would bring one offering box back down front and place one offering box down front. Because what I was going to do was just have everyone come up and get your 50 cent. But then God spoke to me. He said, do you know most folk will take that 50 cent and they won't even think to give me my portion back? They'll take the 50 cent and they won't even think to give me my portion back. And I've just seen this in the church in the past of people who we actually had on payroll who were being paid fully from the church. And do you know they wouldn't give any of that money back? Now, all of you all who have deserved this 50 cent, raise your hand. No, you haven't. You ain't done one thing for this 50 cent. No, you have not. You have not done one thing for this 50 cent. This 50 cent is a gift. It represents what God is gracing and giving you. And sometimes we have to understand that. We have so many gifts and so much stuff we have that we didn't work for. We don't deserve. It just came. Some of us have talents and skills and intellect and all this kind of stuff. You've been granted some things. You didn't work for that kind of stuff. Now, some of you have honed it. You put in a lot of sweat with it. But you were born with certain positions and certain abilities that you did not deserve. So God graced us with a lot of this stuff, the air that we breathe, the life, the sight. Why were you so blessed that you weren't born blind? And when you begin to think, why were you so blessed with a voice that you weren't born mute? Why were you born with two good legs as work? And see, when we start thinking about all of this stuff and how gracious God has been to us, he's given us so much stuff that we really do not deserve. So the 50 cent represents the part That God is going to do. And there is a part that God does in every one of our lives that we cannot do. Second Samuel chapter 21, the 13th verse, it reads this. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there. And the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. They buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father Kish at Zelah in Benjamin. And did everything the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer in behalf of the land. Now, for those of you who know this story, the land was in famine. It was in all kind of rough stuff, and the people were just in trouble. They were just praying for deliverance, for help, for the famine to end. And the king commanded them to do certain things after they did what they could do. 
Then God put rain on the land and blessed the land. After they did what they could do. See, God does not expect you to do what you can't do. God didn't expect them to end the famine. That was beyond their control. They could not make it rain. Now, you know, sometimes for those of you who've been to a strip club, I see y'all laughing. Y'all know the story. Yes, we have been saved all of our lives. For those who've been to a strip club, when they throw money at the stripper, they call that making it rain. Now, that kind of rain folk can do. But the rain that comes out of heaven, only God can do. So the people had no ability to change the famine. But they did have the ability to do what God had told them to do by burying the folk. And after they went and did what they could do, then God removed the famine and blessed the land. So this 50 cent is God's portion. This is without obligation. It is without work. Nobody here had to work for it. It's just being freely given to you. But the other 50 cent to make up that dollar. What the U.S. currency is denominated in, and for the most part, the most powerful currency in the world, the dollar, the other half of that, that's up to you. And what you do with what God has given you is your 50 cent. Now, this money has been blessed. I actually had a pile of coins that came from my room, and I brought it up in a sermon over a year ago and sat it on stage and prayed over it, and a lot of stuff happened with that money. And when I took it back, God said, don't mix this money back with the other money. You keep this separate. So it's actually been sitting separate since that time. So this money has already been blessed. So ushers, what I want you to do, even while I'm talking, I want folk to come and get your money. Don't get but one pile. Don't take more and bring the offering box. I want you to put a portion of it back that God gives you. Now, you don't have to. I'm not going to watch this. And you can just fake it if you want to. You can just look like you're putting money in there because God is not going to force you to do that. He's absolutely not. But it is a principle that oftentimes we get stuff and it's straight from God and we still won't do. You know, when God talked about it in the book of Malachi, when it talks about you're cursed with a curse because you've not tithed. You know, he wasn't talking to the people. You know what he was talking to? He was talking to the preachers. The preachers wouldn't do right with their money. He was talking to the priests. It began, oh, ye priests, they wouldn't do right. You see, God is not going to make you do right. That's part of your 50 cent. That's part of the half you are commanded and required to do to get the full blessing. So ushers, just bring them up just row by row. And all I want you to do is come up here. You've got my permission. Come up while I'm talking. Just get you a stack. Now, the stack is not in necessarily the same denomination. Some have just two quarters, some got nickels, some have dimes, some have pennies, because everyone is given a different set of gifts. Everyone's 50 cent is not the same. You have some talent somebody else doesn't have. You have some resources someone else doesn't have. God is not going to blame you for not using what you do not have. What he commands you to do is use the talents that you have. And there's no sense in you fussing and complaining and mealy mouth and belly aching about what you do not have. You cannot do one doggone thing with what you do not have. The only thing you can do something with is what you have. And when you take what you have and maximize that, see, a lot of times you find out that all the folk belly aching by what they do, they haven't used what they do have. So until you use what you have, don't you dare complain about what you do not have. Because that's what happened with the man with the one talent. He was talking about, you know, I just only had this one little talent. I'm going to bury it. And when the Lord came back, he said, he called the man evil. 
He said, you evil, wicked servant, take that from him and give it to the one who did the maximum with his and cast him into the dungeon. That's what he told him. That's what he looked about with a man who complaining because he didn't have but a little. And see, the man who had two, he took his and doubled it. If the man had the one that taken it and doubled it, he'd have had two. Then if he'd have doubled that, he'd have had four. Then if he'd have doubled that, he would have had eight. And if he'd have doubled that, he'd have had more than anybody. So the problem was not that he had a little. The problem was he didn't use the 50 cent he had. He didn't put his 50 cent worth in. So as you come and get this money, I want you to take this money. I want you to give a portion of it back to God. And I want you to be good stewards of what you have. Because if you're not good stewards of what you have, how in the world can God trust you with more? So ushers, start right here in the middle. Start from the front. Let the front come and get their money all the way across. And let the front pick out their money first. So some of you all may not want the copper. That's fine. And that's one of the advantages of sitting down front. Just get your money. Now, during a normal offering, the money ought not to be loud going into the offering plate. (laughs) But this is not a normal offering. And all God wants you to do, people, is to use what you have, regardless of the situation that you were in. When you look at the great stories of the Bible, sometimes they had situations where just Abraham, the patriarch, Abraham was a 100 years old. And he was saying to himself, Lord, how in the world I'm old? Abraham had to use what he had. When Moses got to the Red Sea, all God wanted Moses to do was to get up, get the people out, and take the people to the ocean. Once Moses got to the sea, it wasn't Moses' job to part the Red Sea. His job was to get there. So if you get to the point where God has commanded you and put in your mind for you to get to, that's all God wants you to do. All he wants you to do is to take what he has given you and put your 50 cent in and use it to the limit. And you're going to find that when you start using what you got, it will change your world. It will change your manifestation. It will change what you get. It will change what your family gets. It will change your future and stop worrying about your past. All of us have messed up in the past. So what? You can't do a thing but what you did yesterday. You've got to do what you do today and what you do tomorrow. So get your 50 cent. And take your 50 cent and make your dollar. Take your one talent and make two. Because you know the talents were money. Take your two talents and make four. Take your four talents and make eight. Take whatever God has given you. But whatever you do, do not bury it. Complain about it and talk about how little you've got. Because if you do, God going to take what the little you have and give that to somebody else who's going to do something with it. Let me ask you this. Would you give somebody something who wasn't going to do anything with it? If you wouldn't give anything to somebody who wasn't going to do anything with it, why do you think God's going to give it to somebody who's not going to do anything with it? So take this 50 cent and it's already been blessed. But no matter how blessed it is, it simply won't help if you won't do anything with it. So take this 50 cent. And do with it what God has for you to do. And if you don't know what to do with it, you pray, you work, or you ask somebody with wisdom. What do I do? My mother always tells you God spoke to her loud and clear. The only thing my mother's ever told me that God spoke to her. What are you doing with the talents that you have? And that thing became a major mantra for her. Now, your 50 may be entirely different from God's 50 that he gives somebody else. 
It may not look like somebody else's. It may not sound like somebody else's. Somebody else may have been given 50 million compared to your 50 cents. But that's not what God is going to hold you responsible for, what he gave somebody else. He's going to hold you responsible for what he gave you. Amen, amen. For those of you who are watching the stream, I'm going to wait a little minute as the people come and get their 50 cents. I believe God has some great things for this year. This is the year of material manifestation. But what manifests basically depends on what you plant. This is a year of material manifestation. And for those of you who have been working, those of you who have been planting, those of you who have been watering and tilling the soil, it is a time for you to see some results of that thing. It is a time for some stuff to start showing up that you have been working for, that you have been praying for, that you have had faith for. It is a time this year for that stuff to start showing up in your world. How many of you all need some stuff manifested physically? And it's not just money. Material manifestation is not just money. There's a whole lot of stuff that fits into that category. And some of us, we just need some stuff just manifested. So this is the 50 cent. This is God's portion. So whatever it is you need manifested, put your 50 in. Put your 50 in. Put your 50 in. And when you put your 50 in, it's going to change your world tremendously. Does everybody come down and got in their 50 cent? Still got a few more people. Come down. Come on, get your money. 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 Is it anybody else? You know, it's hard to believe, but sometimes you just can't give folk money. Now, you would think that would be a little crazy, but sometimes you literally can't. Amen. Come on, get your 50 cent. Come on, get your 50 cent. Come on, get your 50 cent. And be thankful for it. See, that's one of the first keys of anything. Be thankful for that what you have. Don't say, this ain't but 50 cent. Be thankful for it. This is a seed. This is a representation. This is the beginning of material manifestation for me. And if you start multiplying and utilizing and stewarding this, it changes everything. It changes your world. And some people have said, well, money just not that spiritual. You go without it and see what happens. Or you let the church go without it and see what happens. There are several thousand churches every week that shut their doors because they don't have enough money to pay the bills. And they be plenty Holy Ghost filled, but they can't pay the bills. And when you can't pay the bills, your doors are going to shut. Money is important, and don't let anybody fool you. That's why the wise men, first thing they brought Jesus was gold. They understood it takes money for mission and ministry. So money is important in the church's world. Money is important in your world. It's not the most important thing, but it is important. And some of you right now, you're going through major turmoils simply because you have an extreme lack of money. But oftentimes, it's not really the lack of money that's the problem. It's that other 50 cent. And if you get that other 50 cent right, things in your world will change. Everybody got their money? Give everybody a hand for at least coming and getting their money. Amen. And I believe God is getting us ready. And he's getting us prepared for material manifestation. But oftentimes to get us prepared for that, it's a little bit different and it takes a little bit more than we may figure. Let me tell you a story. First of all, my eyes have been getting weaker over the past few years. Is there anybody in there listening to me right now and you just don't see as good as you used to see? I mean, your eyes are just, that's the whole congregation. My eyes have just been getting weaker 
over the past few years. And I even went to see about getting LASIK done, but I had to have an eye exam. And when they examined my eyes, they said, you're not a candidate for LASIK right now. And you're right out there. They said, you've got some corneal occlusion and you can't get LASIK with that. And it actually came from when I had that crash on the scooter in Greece. My whole eyeball almost hit the cement and then clouded up vision there. So he said, you're going to have to wait till that clears up. So my vision is just not as sharp as it used to be. And I've been trying to get some eye supplements or do eye exercises and see if I can get my vision. It's still not as sharp. And y'all been trying to get y'all's vision. Man. And you already go and you get them little cheap 2X glasses and you have to put those on to read and all that. Am I the only somebody experiencing that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, it's a part of even getting older. And I was dealing with it because I'm used to seeing pretty good. And all of a sudden, my vision is just not as clear as it used to be. So first of all, my eyes have been getting weaker. And... Last week, we went to D.C. for the funeral of Dick Gregory. And on the day of the funeral, the funeral didn't start until 4 o'clock. So we were up early and we had time. So we went around D.C. and we went over to the M.L. King Memorial. And he has a beautiful memorial dealing with Martin Luther King. And as we were leaving the memorial, they had a big row of porta potties. There were about a dozen or so porta potties, little portable bathrooms. I said, let me use the bathroom before I hit the road. So I went in the porta potty, closed the door. And I had to do a number one. For y'all don't know the younger people, that's a urination. I had to urinate. But yet, somebody had just messed all over the bathroom. So I'm standing there and I done shut the door. All this mess all over the thing. The urinal's just on the wall. It was smelling so bad, I just held my breath. I held my breath, did what I had to do, and came out of there. So when I came out, I was with C. Elijah and James. I told them, I said, man, that was the stinkiness porta potty I have ever experienced in my whole life. And it looked like the smell of the mess just clung to me by 15 minutes. It was just horrible. And he said, well, Pastor, what that got to do? I'm getting to that. And as we got to the funeral, I was on program. And Dick Gregory's son had called me earlier in the week. And he said, Mr. Bronner, he said, look, you have done so much for our family over the years. He said, you can talk as long as you want to talk. I said, no, I don't need but three minutes. At the same time as everybody else, I don't need any extra time. So you don't tell the men anything. All I need is a standard amount of time. I'm not going to be over time. That's it. When I got ready to speak, the funeral was six hours long. It was a long funeral. When I got ready to speak, they were probably about two and a half hours into the service. And they were already running over time. So the moderator said, everybody after this need to cut it real, real short. When I got up there, this was a 10,000 seat sanctuary. 10,000 seats. I'm not sure it's a sanctuary that big even in all of Atlanta. And it was mostly full. So you had all of these thousands of people there. And one of Dick Gregory's daughter named Ayana had sung. And most people didn't know it, but she is actually a recording artist. So I took some time to tell the people that they needed to go and buy Dick Gregory's daughter, Ayana Gregory, buy her CD to help support the family and to help support the seed of Dick Gregory. Well, that took some time. By the time I got through with my almost finished with my three minutes, the two moderators came out and grabbed me and shut my mic off. It's about seven, eight thousand folk out there in the audience. It was literally the most embarrassing moment that I can remember in years. And as I'm walking off the stage, all this running through my mind, I sit down and I hear God speak. And I hear God speak this. He says, pride smells to me just like that porta potty smelled to you. 
and I understood. And what appeared to everyone else as one of the worst things in the world became the best speech of my life. And what happened is I began to understand it because God had been speaking to me about it. He said, look, before I can take you all to the next level, you'll have to master pride and become master of humility. As a matter of fact, James and I, we had about two books on the subject. But see, books are one thing, but that experience is a whole nother level. When I sat down and I thought about it, a lightness came over me. All of the weight of just lifted and I felt lighter in my spirit after the event than I felt walking into the church. And when we got ready to leave, I was driving because I had rented the car. The car was in my name. It was after 10 o'clock at night. As we were leaving, I looked out of the windshield and I said, wait a minute. And I'm blinking my eyes. I'm looking and I'm driving. And the amazing thing was my vision had turned to 2020. Everything was as razor sharp as it had been if I had taken on a pair of high-powered glass. And I'm saying to myself, what in the world, how in the world could my vision go from fuzzy to crystal clear? And at night, vision is worse than it is in the daytime. So how in the world could my vision get this clear and nothing happen? And God, he said, look, when you remove pride, you see things clearer and differently. And I said, whoa, so the revelation, but see, this is the point, people. When God has to deal with us, and as God deals with us, sometimes the stuff may not feel pleasant, it may not look pleasant, but if you are a child of God, he'll use you. And I ask you, keep yourself open for the 50 cent God gives you. Because sometimes the 50 cent, it's not all in shiny money. Sometimes it's in a trial. It's in a tribulation. It's in a breakup. It's in a death. It's in a bankruptcy. It's in something that will stress you and it will strain you, but it will humble you and it will make your faith greater. So sometimes God will send something your way and you won't understand it. But if you've got the right attitude about it, you'll see things clearer. And the minute I finished on the speech, his son texted me and said, Mr. Braun, I am so sorry. And I texted him back. I said, look, man, that was all divinely ordained. And I texted him these words. I said, that was the best speech of my life. It was the best speech of my life because it taught me more than any other speech. See, normally I'm used to going to and speaking. I get either a standing ovation or a hundred folk coming up to me. How great I was. That boosted pride. That speech wasn't like that. But I felt lighter when I left. Because it improved my soul. Now, that was that night. That was a Saturday night. Sunday, there was a parade for Dick Ray. So all the brothers were in the parade. We started downtown, walked about a half a mile. So as we were at the end of the parade, everyone was standing around. A young lady came up to me and she said, excuse me, but can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. And then she said, well, can I talk to you over here? So see, Elijah was there. James was there. My brother Bernard was there. She said, can I talk to you over here? So she pulled me to the side about 10 or 15 feet. And then she said, she says, I've been watching you. And she said, I like everything about you. She said, this is no exaggeration. She said, I like the way you look. I like the way you talk. I like the way you walk. I like the way you move. She went down the whole list. I mean, she just went down a whole list of stuff. And then she said, you need to tell your wife for her not to ever let you go anywhere by yourself. And she was just, 
This is absolute truth. And when I heard that, I said, Lord, you have, you have sent me in the middle of two extremes. One, one of the most embarrassing situations of my life, and one, one of the most flattering situations of my life. And it taught me then, look, I could see what God was saying. Don't you let the negative stuff upset you. And don't you let the appearance of the positive stuff blow you up. Keep your spirit grounded. Keep your mind centered on God. And if you do that, God can put you beyond 50 cents. He can take you to 50 million without it destroying your soul. So these are lessons, and sometimes people, these lessons, they just don't come out of church. Sometimes you got to go through this stuff. Because sometimes you hear the preacher saying it, but it doesn't register until you slap side the head. It just doesn't register until you actually go through it. And that's why when you look in James, the first chapter, when he says, when you go through many different persecutions, count it all joy. How many of you all are counting your persecutions as joy? Most of you cursing your persecutions. But if you learn to count your persecutions as joy, first of all, and I couldn't understand, well, why am I so much lighter after an embarrassment? Because you're not carrying all those expectations. You're not carrying all the pride. When you get rid of all that stuff, you walk lighter, but it's counterintuitive. You would think that, but you see, the more stuff you get, the more people think of you, the more expectations they have, the more eggshells you have to walk on. You got to make sure you look your folk looking at you. It's a weight on your shoulders. But when you are stripped, you're just walking naked. And when you're just walking naked and you don't have all this stuff on, that's why in the garden, the minute they sinned, they had to put on stuff. Because they had to cover up stuff. So when you just all expose, I said, nobody going to come up to me telling me how great that speech was. And the thing about it, the thing was streamed live on national television. My mother said, she said, son, I turned on the television. And when I turned to that channel, you were on the TV. I said, what? She said, you were right there. She said, I wanted to hear what you said in the beginning. Because all I saw was I saw you. Then like I saw two men come out and grab you. And I was wondering, what was happening with that? That's what was happening with that. And I said, Mother, do you realize how improbable it is on a six-hour program, the minute you turned on, my little under four minutes was there and out of that whole six. I said, God orchestrates every detail of our lives. People don't get upset when you go through the persecutions. He's trying to teach you something if you're a child of his. Always ask yourself, what is the message for me? What is the message for me? Not, oh, I'm just hurt, I'm in pain, I'm embarrassed. What is the message? What is God trying to tell me? And if you can tune your ears to ask that simple question, what is God trying to tell me? Your 50 cent is liable to be multiplied beyond your imagination. As we begin into this new biblical year, have a new vision. Understand that persecutions will come, but for children of God, count it all joy. Because it's all developing your patience and your strength. And when you understand that, it'll change how you view every single circumstance that happens in your world. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen, and amen. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was part two of the series titled Why, subtitled Why 50 Cents, by Nathaniel Bronner.
This message is number 5766. That's 5766. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5766 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.